radio show all about little Elvis. You're listening to Sean Yondo's Penis Posse here on Measurection Radio. And if anyone has to has to stop and, and we have to you know, pause and resume, don't stop Audacity. We just let, them, let it keep running, and Josh will take it out in the editing. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. If there's a bathroom break or anything like that, I've tried to limit my drinking this week, but <laughs> or the, tonight, but <laughs> last week was bad. So <laughs> I'm in Studio T. You can go without leaving. <laughs> I'm in Studio A. <laughs> so, Studio T is, is Sean's bathroom. <laughs> he records in the bathroom, so he's got a little noise buffer. Hey, I remember from uh, the show two weeks ago. Yeah, that's right. I haven't I haven't listened to the most recent show because I haven't seen Brokeback Mountain. Ah. Uh, then you yeah, don't, yeah, don't want to listen to it till you've seen the movie. Yeah, you don't want to listen to it yet. Yeah, that show will spoil it for you. I declared yeah, at the beginning of, of last week's show that I was dehydrated, and I had drank like two and a half glasses of water before the show. So I think during the show, I, I called a bathroom break three or four times, <laughs> which we left like two of them in. <laughs> it was kind of funny. <laughs> and then Sean got disconnected twice, so it was it was fun all the way around. So. <laughs> the show was weird, but it turned out pretty good. I think that's my favorite show so far. That's the funniest one, I think. Which one? Brokeback. Oh. I mean... It was good. I, I kind of like the Canadian show, too. <laughs> Sean's international love affair. Welcome back to another episode of Measurection Radio. This is show number 18 for February 11th, 2006. I'm your host, Sean, and with me is my penis boss. Alan, our vice president of operations, is back home in Atlanta. And delighted to be sleeping in my own bed again. (laughs) I'm sure you are. Josh, coming to us from Charlotte, North Carolina. Hello, how you doing? Doing good. How are you? I'm great. Good. Our intern, Michael, in New Jersey. Hello. Hi, Michael. Hello, everybody. And sitting in for Diane, who had a work-related function to attend, we have a surprise guest host. Bronx Bombshell has joined the posse today. Hello, Bronxy baby. Hey, I'm just thrilled to be able to intercourse with the penis posse. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) It's it's Bronx Bombshell live with us. Oh, man. She's been on almost every show, but this is the first time she's live. Yeah. Yeah. We're glad you could fill in. Thank you. Anytime. And we hope Diane has a good party. Well, she's missing the best party ever. Yes. <laughs> we miss you, Diane. Hot. That's so hot. Hot. <laughs> so, she's so, here. So you hose down she's the virtual here. Diane. I, I, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit of virtual Diane, you know. We got real Bronx, so I got, but I got virtual Diane just in case Bronx couldn't make it. To participate on Measurection Radio, you can call our dick phone. Our new toll-free number in the U.S. and Canada is 1-877-922-DICK. That's 1-877-922-3425. You can leave us voicemail on Gizmo. Our username is Measurection. Find them by going to gizmoproject.com. 
or you can send us email at radio at measurection.com or reach us on the web at www.measurection.com slash radio. Check us out on radiogay.ca and see how we sound in Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) Our topic for today is pornography. Do you or don't you? And we'll be discussing that in the second half of our show. Let's start off with the email. We got an email response to our virginity show. And this one came from a uh, MeasureAction member whose uh, screen name is T-E-N-N, presumably for Tennessee. And uh, he writes, I know I'm a little late to respond about this show. I'm one of the virgins who post on the site, so I just wanted to give a point of view from a heterosexual virgin. I'm not trying to gay bash or anything, but I think straight guys may be under, underrepresented here. But I guess it's our fault for not participating as much. I'm not bitter about my status as a 27-year-old virgin. I've had some unforeseen complications due to a mild case of golden Haar's syndrome, and as a result have slightly weak muscles and am deaf in one ear. My problem has been my extreme shyness, having a skinny body added to my insecurity in romantic areas as well. I never thought about penis size until the Internet. Now I have penis size anxiety and a porn addiction. It's what I always wanted from technology. I measured myself one day for a lark and saw five and a half inches and shit myself. Unfortunately, I was naked, so I stained the carpet. (laughs) The one thing that I do remember is an incident when I was doing one of my high school plays. My character was posing for a portrait in the scene and wore only a pair of red boxer shorts with hearts on it. The joke was that I was skinny and there was a large muscle-bound man on the canvas. During rehearsal for the play, one of the girls in the play saw me in the aforementioned costume and laughed in my face. I'm reminded of this every time I see her do a report or anchor the news on Knoxville's CBS affiliate, which was a lot considering the school shooting at our high school. Jacksboro was famous for 10 minutes before the Sago mine disaster. That's my story. It's really not that dramatic, but I just wanted to contribute and get mentioned on the show because I thrive on attention. <laughs> <laughs> great, great post from Dennis. That is a great post. And you know, it, it, yes. it's not only in uh, responding, you know, he's, he, does he mean on the show? He's meaning in the, in the forum itself. I think he means on the, on, in, on the Measure Action forums. They have to speak up. I think the gay people are just loud. Because we've run polls, and the polls show that there are more heterosexuals on our site. But it's pretty, it's pretty close, I think, to fifty-fifty. He he does say that it's probably because the straight guys don't participate as much. Yeah, yeah, they need to participate Mm -hmm. more. That's all. But he also just blends in perfectly with what we've got to say. He's, you know, he said he's addicted to porn as well, and that's our topic today. I don't know why it is that gay men seem to want to talk about dick more than straight men. (laughs) (laughs) you know what i thought when i was first reading his email um i i thought of my high school boyfriend i had only one um i was very popular in high school but i had no interest in boys until i was about 15 and um my first boyfriend was kind of shy but he had a great sense of humor just like this guy he was very underweight just like this guy. He was underweight because he had a blood disorder. He was older than everybody else at the school because he missed about 18 months of school because he had a heart attack or something like that. Oh my gosh. Um, oh. Which was just part of his whole blood issues. 
you know, he had no problem getting one of the most popular girls in the school to be his girlfriend. He had the bombshell. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Mm-mm. Lucky fella. Let's see. We had a post in our podcast forum from E-Boy. He writes, Mike's voice is sexy. I would like to hear him when he comes. <laughs> hmm. A new show idea, perhaps. I do miss John, though. His soothing, melodic tone gave a certain James Dean quality to the show. Josh was hilarious, as usual. He adds great optimism. Excellent job in playing the music in the background. It actually helped create the mood, setting the stage to have a thoughtful discussion on what should be a great classic film. I have yet to see the flick, but plan to soon. We'll see if I fuck any popcorn buckets or use a box of tissues. (laughs) For crying, mind you. Jeez. I'll probably just shoot my load in an empty soda cup anyway, saving the tissues for the tears, in response to watching Jake Gyllenhaal, hot fucker, bang Heath Ledger. Sexy. E-boy. Is E-boy making fun of me? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we joked... Well, you haven't heard the show yet, but uh, when Diane and her sister were eating, eating popcorn... Um, watching Brokeback Mountain, and they both realized at one point that they both had stopped breathing because they were frozen in the popcorn bucket. And I said, "Did you did you hump the bucket <laughs> in response to your your uh, master your uh, masturbation you bucket humper, uh, yeah. story from many shows ago?" And that became sort of a running joke: is humping the bucket. <laughs> and we had another post from Michael Glenwick of DallasGayPod.com. Great show! It is a great show says, uh, wanted to share my thoughts on the movie. I absolutely loved it. I think it is about time we had a mainstream two men in love movie hit this country. Yes, it happens to be a gay love scene played by straight actors, but how can anyone not look at the underlying love and affection and hopefully realize that that is essentially what gay love is about and not so different, hell fucking no different at all than straight love. Love is love. You can't help who it is with. I know that is a little sidebar, but you know, whatever. My only thoughts were, I wouldn't think Jack was a virgin. Not if Ennis just spit and put it in. Yikes. (laughs) Myrtle the Turtle, also known as Michael Glenwood. Oh, I didn't realize that that Myrtle the Turtle was like a pseudo-celebrity. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, He's Michael Glenwood. It's Michael Glenwood. Yeah. Hey, you know, I, I, I had a note about the uh, the Brokeback Mountain episode, which uh, is perhaps my favorite episode so far, or at least one of the top three. But about the third or fourth or fifth time that I listened to it uh, in editing, I, I have to listen to it a lot. And uh, I realized that we did, we referred, we mixed up their names all the way through the whole movie, or all the, whole, the whole show. We had Enos and Ennis and Jake and Jack. And they were interchangeably from all. They were used interchangeably from all of us throughout the entire show. Yeah, I noticed that too. <laughs> One sentence we'd call him Enos, the next sentence we'd call him Ennis, and we periodically correct each other, and that was about it. So I, I got a kick out of that. So sorry about that. It's it's Ennis and Jack. <laughs> yes. Right. Uh, Mike Hip also wrote and uh, said he loved the show and responded to uh, Michael Glenwood with this. That scene was so dark. The single sex scene, I mean, between the two male characters. I'll bet there's a story behind why that is. You know, I feel the same way. It almost seemed like it was rape. It was very rough. That's for Yeah, sure. it seemed forceful in a sense. You know, it didn't seem like uh, like Jack enjoyed it much. You know, I'm, I'm sure Enos did a lot, but I don't think Jack did, you know. 
I thought about that. Like, how come it wasn't more slow, more passionate, more? Well, I, I thought it was just out and came out of nowhere. A little, you know, just too quickly. If there is a flaw in this wonderful movie, I think that the way that scene was set up, I, I just don't think that's a natural thing for two guys that had never done it or been together. I expected a kiss to be stolen somewhere to be the first sign of, of trouble or. Yeah, just a forearm over the over the body, and he yanked him up, flipped him over. Yeah, and I'm telling you what. Ennis looked like he had some butt-fucking practice. <laughs> well, they'd been up there watching the sheep, you know, so... <laughs> probably. That's probably why... Uh, hey. They're probably just doing it like the sheep. Already knew. Yeah. But I wonder what the straight guys thought about that, like, watching it at the show. I wonder how the straight guys viewed that. Like, if they thought that was normal gay sex, you know, since it was mainstream and... Well, I agree. Uh, Mike, I, uh, Mike Hip, I'll bet there is a story behind why that is. And uh, thank you. And speaking of Mike Hip, I got a big surprise in the mail the other day. What? Oh, yeah? What'd you get? I got some soy candles by Phoebes. Ooh. Oh, I'm jealous. Mike Hip of PodcastSoup.net makes these incredible soy candles. And he sent me some. I opened the box in the car, and the ride home from the post office was quite pleasant. <laughs> the scents are absolutely heavenly. Let's see. He sent me red currant, lavender, lemon verbena, huh. and linen. Ooh. Or maybe it's fresh linen. I'm not sure. That's the one I ripped open. <laughs> I'm sure it's not a candle called Dirty Linens. <laughs> That's the one I'm burning now, and it's really good. <laughs> Oh, and, and they're made in, in these heavy glass tumblers. This is no little tea candle. I'll have to put your names in a hat and see which one of you get the other three. That is, if I can part with them. <laughs> so, I want to be in on that lottery. I want one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got three more, and I'll put everybody, I'll put the panels, I'll put the posse's uh, names in a hat, and I'll draw and see who, I, who, who gets them. Ooh, yay. Uh, but, uh, anyway, okay. thanks so much, Mike. That's cool. Yeah, it is. It was wonderful and unexpected. You can find these candles by going to www.soycandlesbythebes.com. That's P-H-E-B-E-S. It's a beautiful, tastefully done website. You should check it out uh, for a one-of-a-kind sensory experience. Now it's time for Measurection Radio's Penis and Sex News. With this week's top stories, here's Joshua Tyler. How's that for high tech? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Um, we've got some news tonight. This, this is actually a news story that relates to our circumcision show a couple of weeks ago, but I don't really know why this news release came out, but... Funny man Martin Lawrence waited until he was seven until he was circumcised because he spent his early childhood in Germany and his parents didn't trust the local medics. The Big Mama's House star grew up in Germany, but he had to wait until he moved to America before the circumcision, which is normally carried out at birth, was performed. He says, I guess we didn't trust the Germans with the knife. I had it done in America just past the second grade. They had to get that extra meat off so I wouldn't be getting lint and particles up in there. <laughs> I remember afterwards, I looked down and I wasn't as well endowed. I went around showing the nurses. 
And that's the extent of the story. And again, I don't know why they released that, but it must uh, be PR for the latest movie or something. I don't know how he veered onto that topic. I can see him doing that. <laughs> Aided by stick-on stubble and a prosthetic penis tucked into her pants, author Nora Vincent pretended to be a man for 18 months to see how the other sex lived. She went by the name of Ned. Ned Vincent drank beer with the boys, visited a strip club and a male bonding retreat, and even picked up women at a bar. But her book, Self-Made Man, is no bloke-bashing feminist diatribe. It's been praised by critics in the U.S. and the U.K. as revealing and hilarious, condemned by others as patronizing and simplistic, and even labeled as sexist against both men and women. Vincent actually liked the openness and friendships of the male world she inhabited in New York and discovered it was really tough to be a bloke. Ned also found that men in groups were remarkably warm and inclusive, and much more genuine than women with their fake cold air kisses and limp handshakes. Vincent took her transformation into Ned very seriously. She had her hair cut into a flat top, built up her shoulders with weight sessions, and wore a tight sports bra to flatten her breast. She brought jackets, sports shirts, and wore a pair of rectangular glasses, and added a layer of facial stubble with woolen hair and glue. An acting coach helped her master male speech patterns, telling her to speak less and more slowly. This wasn't just a stunt, she said. This was about learning. This was a human project. It was about finding something out about the human creature, and I learned it the best possible way because I went through it. Vincent did what any self-respecting American male would do. She went bowling. She joined a tradesman team with a plumber, a fridge repairer, and a construction worker. She really bonded with her mates, and New York Times critic David Camp describes this section of her book as as tender and unpatronizing a portrait of America's white trash underclass as I've ever read. <laughs> Vincent had always seen the macho backslapping of men like this as over-the-top and artificial, but as a man she found it inclusive and genuine. They took people at face value. They even helped Ned overcome his atrocious bowling technique and uh, surprised him with their lack of racism and anger and talked about their wives with reverence and respect. She was exposed to the first time to the firm male handshake and loved it. It was more affectionate than any handshake I've received from a woman. But not every man she met deserved admiration. One of her drinking mates described the four F's dating technique to her. Find em, feel em, fuck em, and forget em. <laughs> Vincent dressed as Ned about 150 times, and by the end of her experience, she was regretting her experiment, not because being a man was so hard, but because she was lying to the men who accepted her. They had taken me in, and I had deceived him, she said. When she confessed her gender to her bowling buddies and other men she met, they usually accepted her and sometimes even praised her for her courage. I gotta hand it to you, that takes balls, or whatever one of them said. <laughs> Vincent says she was glad to finally abandon her pretense and has no plans to ever reprise Ned. Good riddance, she said. And that book is called uh, Self-Made Man by Nora Vincent. Now, interestingly, what you don't know, I heard her interviewed on uh, OutQ, Sirius OutQ Radio, the gay station on oh, yeah? uh, Sirius Satellite Radio. She's a lesbian. She's uh, she is not butch. She's a lipstick lesbian. Oh, really? Ah. A, fr- a frilly lesbian. Her partner is <laughs> is butch. So so the I so mean, she's the girly girl. She's a girly girl, but but she is a lesbian huh. and uh, and a very interesting conversationalist to to hear in an interview. Huh. Let's see, I've got one more. A prostitute who bit her client's penis so hard that he required an operation has denied grievous bodily harm with intent. Prosecutor Matthew McNiff told the jury that Louise Jowett carried out the attack because Brett O'Leary told her he had no more money to give her after already playing her for sex. 
outlining the case, Mr. McNiff said the 22-year-old Jowett, who denies the charge, had bitten and continued to bite Mr. O'Leary for up to 45 seconds during the assault. Uh-huh. The force and determination of Jowett's attack was said to have uh, led Mr. O'Leary to requiring an operation. O'Leary was cruising for a prostitute. Uh, he pulled up to the curb, and Jowett ran to his car. When negotiations were complete, she agreed to travel with him to his home 60 miles away on the condition that she was paid up front. The court heard she used the money to purchase drugs via a telephone call while on the way. The pair arrived at Mr. O'Leary's home about 2 a.m. Jowett by this time had taken the drugs, and they shared a bottle of champagne before having sex. It was alleged that afterwards she asked Mr. O'Leary for more cash, becoming more aggressive as her request continued. While performing a sex act on Mr. O'Leary, he told her he did not have any more cash. Mr. McNiff said she took his penis in her mouth and gripped it between her teeth. He said, she bit hard. She bit very hard. This caused what Mr. O'Leary described as indescribable pain. <laughs> of course. I like that Mr. O'Leary described indescribable pain. <laughs> uh, the jury heard Mr. O'Leary tried to pry open Jowett's mouth with his hands while she made sounds like an animal. He pleaded with her and begged her to let him go. <laughs> Mr. McNiff said there was a lot of blood while Mr. O'Leary screamed and then ran to call for help. Oh. The jury heard that when interviewed by police, Jowett told him that she'd never met Mr. O'Leary before and she had acted to protect herself. She claimed he had raped her and forced her to perform a sex act on him. Uh, the only thing she could do was bite him. The case continues at, at Ipswich Crown Court. Ouch, 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 ouch. ouch. Wow. Jiminy Christmas. A whole new approach to bobatizing. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, really? At least Lorena used a knife. That kind of threw me off. <laughs> Bobatizing? Yeah, well, the whole thing. Reminded me of when I was in the Navy working in urology, and we had a guy come in, and he's a really young sailor, and he his penis was lacerated all to hell. And it, when he came to us, to, to our ward, he had already been to surgery, and it had all been stitched up. It was like had Ugh. 80 stitches what in it. What did he stick it in? All <laughs> jag- zigzagged all the way up the shaft, all the way up across the head. And his story was he was horse playing. He was running down the hall in the barracks with like a with <laughs> with a broom like a horse, you know. <sighs> and he tripped, and the broom went into the zipper, and we didn't believe him. Oh my! Nobody God. believed him. With reality, he stuck it in some hole somewhere that it shouldn't have been in, right? Uh-huh. Some vacuum pump or something. <laughs> that was his story, and he was sticking to it. But he was sticking know. to it. A broom? I don't know. Oh. oh, oh, I almost forgot. I got an email from John Ong. Oh. When I saw it pop up in my Outlook Express, I got all excited. He's big time, you know. Yeah. He was one of the first podcasters on the planet, hmm. or at least one of the first uh Queer Potters. Yeah. My heart skipped a beat as I clicked <laughs> to open the email from him. You were Twitter-pated. <laughs> I was Twitter-pated. <laughs> and the email said, Sean and the gang, spring cleaning email boxes. Nice to know your show is doing great. John Ong. <laughs> That's <laughs> cool. <and> sweet. <laughs> that was nice, though. You think it was a form letter, or was he really thinking about us? <laughs> you think he has form letters? <laughs> yeah. He must pay for emails by the word. (laughs) (laughs) He's a hottie, and he can decorate the hell out of a cake. But he's taken. Check out Ongline at www.johnong.com. That's O-N-G. And, of course, there'll be a link in our show notes. Yes. Right. Want to learn more about your penis? 
keep listening to Sean Yondo's Penis Posse, exclusively here on Measurection Radio. Today we are discussing pornography. Do you or don't you? Is it good or bad? When did you discover it? How did you discover it? What do you like? What kind do you like? Magazines or movies? Do you prefer internet porn? Do you view it? Are you excessive about it? Can you stop? Is it boring to you? Do you need it? What's your favorite? Okay, yes, 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 no, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Yeah. I buy it. I use it. (laughs) Well, that's actually how Measurection got started. I was, uh, you know, if you listen to that first show, I explained, you know, how I was surfing and looking at porn. And, you know, I found all the big guys, saw the giant stuff and decided maybe... I need to start my own club. So, yeah, I do it, too. I think everybody everybody does, or those that don't lie about it. <laughs> Isn't it similar to the masturbation stats? Yeah, basically. What were those figures with uh, with movies you were telling me, Josh? Oh, yeah, a couple of shows ago I read a, uh, a news story about the AVN Awards, and I forget the exact number, but it was something like the porn movies brought in $11 billion and the... Mainstream Hollywood movies brought in $8 billion, so it was a bigger industry than mainstream movies. And I think I might have helped them with that, because I love my porn. You cannot take my porn away from me. How big's your collection, Mike? Well, let's see. How big's my hard drive? Oh. <laughs> Actually, I got the DVD burner now, so I got a couple discs, double layer. Shoot. I had to get the porn off my computer so I'd have room to keep editing... <laughs> Measurection Radio. <laughs> I had to buy a DVD oh, burner my last goodness. week. Yeah. So you got walls of it, huh, Michael? <laughs> well, no, not walls. It's all on the PC. It's all on the PC. I know Alan's got a lot. I started looking at porn not only before the internet, but before video recorders, before VHS. Wow. <laughs> uh, oh, the stag films. And before huh? beta. I had some. I, in fact, I probably still have stuck away somewhere here a couple of eight millimeter, uh, twenty minute. Porn movies stuck away. You still have the projector <laughs> somewhere, yeah. <laughs> you can bring that to Orlando. <laughs> do like, do like a stag film. You guys should treat your gatherings like a convention. You know, you go to I go to a lot of sci-fi cons, and there's always like the room where they're showing movies. Well, the Resurrection Con should, you know, show. <laughs> <laughs> have a room where we're continuously showing That's movies. Right. <laughs> we're growing. We're, we're, we may do that someday, you know. We have uh, done porn viewings at Measurection Gatherings. We actually have uh, in the past. But but even before that, I, I remember uh, porn in, in magazines. And aside from aside from when I was uh, spent a, a year or so at a at a uh, college where I was living in a dormitory and and having a subscription to Playboy as as part of my cover up of being gay. Uh, and I really did read the articles. <laughs> uh, you really are a nerd. <laughs> I can remember going into a, a newsstand in uh, downtown Norfolk, Virginia, uh, when I was guess I was in my mid twenties. And there were in those days there were magazines that had uh, that were directed at, at gay men, but they were uh, guys posing in in what were called posing pouches, where the only thing they had on was this mm. sort of a even smaller than a bikini thing to to, to cover up their genitals, and oh. and I remember I would uh, I would go into this place and of course be very concerned lest someone see. I'd roam around the place until I was absolutely sure there was no one in there that I that would know me, and and quickly grab a, 
a magazine or two off the stand and go up to the register and pay for them and you know, hopefully the guy would get them in a bag real quick and uh, <laughs> and I would leave and I still remember that there was a day when I when I did this and there were there were very very few people in the uh, in the newsstand and the guy behind the counter says to me to my great consternation having recognized me from my having come in and done this a number of times over a period of <laughs> time says to me mm-hmm. i have some i have some male nudie magazines behind the counter it was a terrible dilemma between on the one hand wanting to say oh my god and run and on the other hand wanting to buy those magazines which i did <laughs> did you what, say that again you did or you didn't oh, I, I bought the magazines oh good for you yeah what the he, he was a you. good customer service yes, guy. Absolutely. Yeah. He's doing add-on sales. <laughs> well, my my first exposure to porn was when I was maybe four or five. And my best friend lived in an apartment building. And there was a girl who lived down the hall from her who used to... Her parents were divorced. There's an interesting story. Her parents were uncle and niece. And her parents were divorced, hmm. and uh, she used to steal porn from her dad's apartment on her weekends with him. And um, she brought us Debbie Does Dallas, the classic, <laughs> although we didn't know it was a classic. Yeah. And we watched it over and over and over. And this is 1984 or 1985. It was a very well done movie. Oh, my gosh. It really is. Yes. I have <laughs> I have that on VHS. <laughs> An original with the original box. I have it on my computer. I wow. like needed to have it. I've I still have it still has my favorite anal scene in all of porn. And it's probably <laughs> you know, because I saw it when I was so young. It's probably the biggest reason that I like anal sex is there's this scene with the two girls and they go to wash their teacher's car and then he fucks them in their asses. Yeah. I like that scene. Oh. Well, you should come to Dallas for our for our <laughs> gathering. <laughs> 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 Is that going to be part of our sightseeing tour? We get to see the site where De- Debbie did Dallas? Uh, <laughs> we might even record it for a sound seeing tour. <laughs> there you go. Uh. <laughs> um... My first introduction was a, a friend's dad's. We didn't have any in the house that I ever do of, and I, I, I think I, <laughs> I think I pride enough. I think I knew, maybe, maybe not. But uh, my friend's dad was a Playboy freak, and they had closets full of them. And uh, I would say I was like fifth grade, so Playboy was my introduction to it. We thought that was something. Later in life, uh, I guess my first introduction to gay porn was probably Blue Boy Magazine. Does anybody remember that? No. Oh, yes. No. I told you I'm older than dirt. (laughs) (laughs) I had the first one, volume one, issue one. Wow. Sean's older than Blue Boy. I go through these cycles. I don't know about you guys, but I go through some. I don't don't think I'm an addict or anything, but uh, I go through these cycles really, really seeking it out and looking and, 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 and enjoying it like everyone else and and then i get kind of tired of it and i can i can like push it away for several months i kind of like it's like an old piece of bubble gum after a while yeah. and then but after a few months i i, co- I fall back into it and 
and I start looking again. But I've never done the, I've never really subscribed to anything. Of course, <laughs> for like how many years now we've had this site that's got how many? We've got twenty-five thousand photos. Yeah, you on got twenty-five thousand penises on our on our <laughs> a site. A whole bunch of videos. A whole bunch of videos, and we got all sorts of good stuff. I don't remember my parents having anything either. They, you know, if they did, it was, it was well hidden. But I think we used to visit uh, a family friend who, they had a spare bedroom upstairs where he had a, a Playboy jigsaw puzzle, and I used to see the picture on the box, and that was about the only exposure. And I think the best I saw there was maybe a breast. I was always afraid to go into a store and buy a magazine. Again, you know, I, I used to try to, you know, try to build up the courage to do that, but never would. And I don't think I really, the best I could do was was sort of softcore uh, mainstream movies. You know, if I could rent it at Blockbuster, if I could rent Porky's or, you know, something like that, that, that might have some nudity in it that was, that was getting me through. And then, um, then thank God the internet came along and I began, you know, in the olden days, downloading pictures from CompuServe and AOL and such that you used to have to download different pieces and piece them together and you'd right. spend an hour downloading one picture of a guy you know and you'd, you'd have to you'd get to get to like part seven or eight to see his penis because <laughs> you know, it would break the file all up to these these attachment things and you'd have to merge them together and, and inevitably one would be missing and you wouldn't get to see the picture and it was terrible but um, God bless the internet the, the, they say that that porn has revolutionized a number of of industries. One being videotape, and one being the internet, and one being, you know, DVDs and oh, absolutely, and a PC. It also revolutionized the phone industry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The uh, the the chief the the gross national product for a lot of really small countries is um, long distance phone service, and that's all uh, to do with phone sex. Really. Yeah. Wow. And I guess I'm not telling any stories here, but for those that don't know, that's what that's what you do, right, Bronx? It is. Ah. You've got the voice for it too, baby. <laughs> oh, thank you, baby. So <laughs> <sexy>. <laughs> I just I can't imagine that job. So you you sit in a room and the guys call you and Yeah, I do it from home now. But um the first company I ever worked for had a huge office. Of course we all said we were home in our bedrooms, but Right. It was really a huge... We had the entire ninth floor of a building in Manhattan. Wow. Yeah, to set that up for me. Tell us how that works. I, wanna, I, wanna, I want some, some details here. Well, now that I'm in breach of contract... <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, oh, well, you don't have to. There's a huge room with maybe 15 operators. Um, and then there's a, an office with a receptionist and a couple of supervisors. There's uh, the main talking room will have maybe 25 or 30 women working at a time and they're all in cubicles and we're all across from next to or on the other side of a cubicle from each other. So you can all hear each other. <laughs> um, well, no, because the microphones are really sensitive and you talk very quietly and you wrap your hands around your mic. So n your conversation is really your conversation and they, they teach you to do that. Um, on your first day. That was actually my job around the time when I left was to acquaint new women with the whole computer system and how to use the headset and how to use the phone, that sort of thing. Mm. And, um, and to sort of babysit them because inevitably you get all the freakos who want to fuck their dogs <laughs> on your first night. <laughs> and you know, and mm. 
you know, you have the little 18-year-old girls who are still virgins and they burst into tears and stuff and you got to sort of convince them to keep their job. <laughs> That's interesting. And, um, you know, but there's a whole training department to sort of teach technique and that sort of thing. And that's how it works, really. And so now you get to do that from home. Well, one way that you can know for sure if you've got a girl who's really at home is um, just try to talk to her about something illegal like mutilation or bestiality. If she cuts you off, she's not at home and the line is being monitored by the FCC. I see. And if she goes with it, so the line is not being monitored, and she can talk about anything she wants because you've uh, called her at home. Uh, oh. But they don't really call your home, they, your home number. They're coming through some kind of service. To, yeah, they come through a different number. Yeah. But because it goes to a home number, the government can't. Well, I don't know. Mr. Bush thinks he can. Eh. You never know. Big Brothers might always be watching. I've always wondered how that works. So you actually had training sessions and all. Yeah, mostly the training sessions were just sitting around with a bunch of women watching porn. <laughs> we watched the, <laughs> the phone sex company has the best porn all the weirdest strangest most bizarre porn people with candles lit candles in their asses and were they soy candles um, wait hang on a second you're hurting me okay <laughs> oh my <laughs> is this for is this for subject matter to talk to your clients about or or just for fun yeah yeah to just to learn about different fetishes and different interests and creative things and things like that we watched um a lot it's a lot of people most people and i know myself included just in their in their normal life have very vanilla sex and they're not into a lot of bdsm or ds or um any anything outside of you know lay on your back spread your legs and get fucked you know and so the videos and the magazines and listening to other people's phone calls and there's all sorts of clippings there's like you know books full of information they sort of help you they all fulfill a need that's uh, how appropriate we had bronx on for the porn show yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but you know i was thinking about it after i i came you know i decided on this versus the other subject we were going to do and before right. doing the outline i thought you know what diane worked in the porn business right. too. Yes, right. she did. That's why Diane and I get along so well. Yeah, Diane, are you listening? Holy cow, that's fabulous! <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's hilarious. <laughs> Love you, Dee. What? Why are we making fun of me? <laughs> that's crazy. I love it when she snorts. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Absolutely. Or will you give a quick sample to your loyal fans out there, Bronx? What do you think they would most like a sample of? Okay, let's 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 set something up here. Go ahead, Sean. You're you're the porn king. You're asking all these gay guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe Mike's the straightest one of you, yeah. and he said I was bringing out his hetero side. Oh, t Mike, set the scene. How dare you? Go ahead. <laughs> oh, put me on a spot. Okay. Okay, Sean, set the scene. <laughs> Well, here's, here's how I normally handle some sort of indecision like what we have here. Um, did you have something particular in mind you wanted to talk about, or do I get to run this show? Ooh. <laughs> Tell me about yourself, baby. You sound really adorable. Ooh. <laughs> Are you shy? You don't want to tell me anything about you? You'd rather hear about me? 
<laughs> that just cost us twenty four ninety five. Oh, that was great. Well, I guess we haven't heard from uh, from Michael. Uh, or are you putting okay. you on the spot? Oh no, you're not putting me on the spot. I just uh, well, like I said earlier, I like my internet porn. You know. Yeah, but and when I, did you when did you discover it? Okay, uh, the first time of I I believe I mentioned that on a prior show was back. Oh yeah, taboo. When I was six years old in taboo, and that was the very first one I've seen. That really uh, left me confused for a minute, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, the first one that I've actually watched as a teenager, I'm I'm not quite familiar with the name of it right now, but it was basically like maybe two guys on one girl. You know, that kind of thing got me off at the time. You know, I like seeing more guys on girls. Then maybe later on, I started venturing in on gay porn, and like my favorite on gay porn would be like uh, straight guy first-timer videos like... Uh, I guess a straight guy might be seduced by a gay guy or might want to try it out for the first time. and uh, That just gets the blood going every time. Okay. That's my favorite. That's my favorite niche. Hmm. Do any of you feel like you um, can't live without it? Or are you excessive about it and maybe have a problem with it, addicted to it? Or you, do you not, not find it a problem you like? Well, it? I'm a 31-year-old virgin, so it's kind of an essential <laughs> Essential need right now. That's the way I feel about it. I'm single, so I need it almost every day. So you know, to get me by. I use it about twice a day. Oh my, that sounds about right. That's research. You could probably deduct that off your taxes. <laughs> <laughs> I have two gigs on one computer, and I don't know, maybe half a gig on the other. I have a couple of DVDs. Hmm. Um, I have two VHS tapes. What's your favorite porn? Me, anal. Oh, that's right. You like anal sex. It looks so obscene. <laughs> you ever watched gay porn before? I love gay porn. You know what's my favorite gay porn clip? I, I wish it was more than a clip, but I've got to find the rest of it. Actually, somebody um, at one point told me where to find the rest of it, and I, I totally forgot about that. Um, but it's, um, oh, what is that guy's name? Uh, Peter North, who I love because of the size of his load. Peter oh. North getting fucked in the ass in a classroom, and he comes all over one of those little, you know, the little easel desks that's the, the desk yeah. connected to the chair thing. The one arm desk? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And there's like sort of, they sort of cuddle afterward, which I think is kind of cute. The guy kind of squeezes his hips. Now that's gold stuff, right? Because he's now doing that whole, he's got that whole, whole line of uh, straight stuff now, right? Yeah, I wondered if he was just, like, gay for pay or what? What was up with that? There was a post about him, and I looked up and found a, the, a, a list of the uh, gay titles that he appeared in and posted it on a thread somewhere on the site. So uh, we could do a search there and for his name, and I think you'll find a couple of posts. Hot. That's so hot. Diane loves it. <laughs> <laughs> hold it, hold it, hold it. Time out. I'm sorry to interrupt the show, folks, but this is Josh, the editor of Measure Action Radio. As you can probably tell, at this point we're beginning to have some audio quality problems with Bronx Bombshell's recording. I don't know what the heck she was doing. It kind of sounds like she was broadcasting via a ham radio or something, or using maybe a couple of tin cans and some string to, to talk to us. 
As you may know, when we record the podcast, we are all in different locations and conducting the show via conference call, so we're not aware of any audio quality issues recording until the show is finished. And we hated to scrap the show. Uh, it, it was a pretty funny show, and we were pleased to have Bronx Bombshell on as a guest. And we hated to throw the whole thing out just because the quality of her recording starts to deteriorate. You'll hear from this point on, it sounds like she started out recording the show in front of her microphone, and then it sounds like she moved maybe across the room, and then it sounds like she moved out maybe onto her balcony, and then it sounds like she starts scaling the side of the building. That's how far away she begins to sound. So that by the end of the show, she sounds like she's down on the street corner, uh, hollering back, you know, thanks for having me on Measure Action Radio. She's also clicking, clacking, and banging things throughout the whole show. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to ask her what the heck she was doing, but she may have been building a desk or putting up a bookshelf or, or baking some sort of cake or pie. I'm not sure. But if, well, if we get to the point where we have her on again, we'll make sure that she knows that radio is about being quiet and, and in being in front of the microphone. I was able to, to boost the volume a bit. So you should be able to hear everything she's saying, but she's going to sound like she's far away and all echoey. But I hope you can forgive this audio quality issue and enjoy the rest of the show. And now, back to Measure Action Radio, already in progress. And we're back. Bronx kind of reminded me of the first... Real tape, you know. I, I told you guys I, I ventured into the internet porn, but I do. Re, I suddenly just remembered I did buy a tape once, and I ordered. It was like a four-hour locker room video with all these cheesy, you know, guys getting together in a locker room, and it was kind of pricey. And I remember it, it came to my apartment complex, you know, discreetly packaged. And I remember picking it up and you know watching it. And then when I was done with it, I would. I would put it inside a bag and then put it inside a box and put it inside another box and put it inside a bag. And I had it inside like six boxes and I had it in the top of some closet, you know. <laughs> so it looked like a whole bunch of empty computer, you know, electronic boxes. And, and then periodically I'd have to dig the thing all out. And, and then I finally was afraid to have it and I, so I threw it away. <laughs> but I took it like somewhere like some construction dumpster and I threw it away. <laughs> I threw it away. <laughs> <laughs> so now I I have a couple of DVDs, uh, mainstream things with some some nudity that I wanted to check out that I'd read about that I've got, um, and then a couple of DVDs Alan sent me, which are in the house. They're under a they're under a file cabinet drawer. So you have to take the drawer out and then dig down in the floor, and then the rest is on the on the computer where it's all password. You have protected. to pull up a few nails and boards. <laughs> yes, yeah, so in the floor. Pretty close. Josh, who do you live with? I live by myself. Oh my goodness. <laughs> And you still do that? Leave your porn out. Right. You know, one of my regular booty calls is a regular booty call because he was the cable guy, right? This is my letter to Penthouse. He was the cable guy, and he moved my all my movies to install the cable box, and he found my porn. And that's for my number. (laughs) Well, I guess he liked your taste in porn. Maybe you should leave your porn out. Right. (laughs) You might meet somebody. Most likely it'd be like the cleaning lady or something, you know? <laughs> Wouldn't be good. Well, I know you're gay, but bend her over. Yeah. <laughs> well, I probably had about, uh, probably over 200 or close to 200 uh, VHS porn tapes. Wow. And uh, wow. I've cut that in half now because I've, I've been slowly trying to transfer them to DVD. And uh, I got about half of them transferred and... 
and gave the tapes away. Wow. But my favorite, uh, my favorites were from the 1980s from a writer and director whose name was William Higgins, who I think is, okay. I think he's back uh, shooting gay porn again, but now over in Europe shooting uh, European guys. But uh, he did fantastic movies of, of young guys, and he, he particularly got some very erotic underwater photography in some of his movies. Oh, you sent me one of those. Yes. Oh, that sounds interesting. <laughs> oh, isn't he the one that... It, isn't, isn't he based the one that's based now in uh, like Hungary or Czechoslovakia and his, and his studio flooded and he lost a lot of Well, I wasn't aware of that. Of could, he is over there now shooting in Europe. So I love the Eastern Europe stuff. Uh, and I also, one of my favorites, gosh, I can't think of his name. I don't even know how to pronounce it. it was, was it Cadenot? Cadenot? Cadenot. C-A-D-I-N-O-T or E-N-O-T? Yes. The French, the French films. And he shot all over the world. Man, I love that stuff. The foreign stuff. I think it's much more tastefully done than the American stuff. That American-made stuff is so... Uh, Raunchy. It's just, oh, you suck that dick, suck that dick, you know? You know, it's just... It's just <laughs> New sound clip. And there's just there's more of a plot to the European stuff. And, it's, and a lot of the European stuff is shot on film uh-huh. instead of videotape. That might be why I, I still love Debbie Does Dallas so much, because it's a story. It's a bad story, but it's a story. <laughs> Just as deep throat it's is. It's also it's shot on it's shot on film, and so is Taboo. Yeah, those are two classics. Hmm. Taboo was our number one seller. I like to watch uh, it again. And behind the green door. Oh yeah, and that one too. Hmm. I don't know if there was not yet any gay uh, porn on video, or if that was in a period when I was still ashamed to walk up directly and and look at the gay porn in the store, or what. Right, <laughs> but I was buying uh, straight porn on uh, video then, and I've still got a few of those VHS tapes around. Huh. Well, I wanted to ask you guys, what do you think its effect is on uh, society might be? Uh, as far as I've always wondered, do you think that uh, pornography keeps some people off the street, or do you think it keeps uh, it might have uh, an effect on keeping the rape figures a little lower? Maybe. I think so. I, I know that that's one thing that I always hoped about, you know, my job was that, because I've talked to some very strange dudes, and I just always hoped, you know, that if they could talk to me, they would leave the five-year-old neighbor alone. Yeah. Yeah. Better them home on the phone than walking around out there, yeah. Yep. We don't have a married person on the panel, or I would ask if, I wonder what kind of effect it has on marriages. Have you guys seen the thread actually on the boards? I think it's in the Girl Talk forum. And. Yeah, about this. Yeah, with What a Child and His Girl. Yeah. Yeah. And she asked and him to, um, uh, to get rid of his porn. And at first, we were all kind of trying to defend his right to watch it. But then she came out and defended her position, which was that he had an addiction. Oh. Well, you could put it in storage. She might, la- she might not last. Yeah, I think it's an addiction that's caused by being a male. You know, you really have to define addiction. Her opinion of an addiction and a real addiction, <laughs> yeah, might be different. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not really, I'm not sure. She just, I don't know, she seemed upset by the quantity. I wouldn't say that I have a porn addiction. I can masturbate without it. I choose not to. I wouldn't give it up. If I was with a dude who was just like, you know, um, your dildos, your box of dildos has got to go. Your box of magazines and your box of tapes has got to go. 
he would have to go. <laughs> <laughs> he would be gone. He would have to adjust or get lost. In a heartbeat, huh? I just couldn't deal with that. But I don't know whether what a child has, you know, something extreme going on or not. I can't say. I don't know him. Right. As some couples, I I gather from, I don't know whether it's from posts on the site or from elsewhere, but I'm aware that some couples enjoy watching porn together and, and having sex while mm. watching porn. Straight couples, I'm talking about. That's true. Yeah, I've done that before. Well, and gay couples, I'm, I'm sure. It's role play. It's like you watch what's going on on a screen and you copy it. That's fun hmm. sometimes. Well, I think some people, I think some guys learn. Oh, yeah. I did. I learned a lot watching porn. Learn technique. Yeah. Very valuable how did, stuff. How did I, people figure out what to do before <laughs> before there was porn? It, as Brock says, it, it had to be pretty boring style sex. I mean, it just had to be functional sex. You did what to her? <laughs> She's gone. That's true. No. Tell each other about it. She's got what down there? She screamed what? <laughs> I don't believe you. Smell my fingers. <laughs> but, no. see the, but see, the only, like, I guess only other kind I can see with porn is, like, body image, you know, because of the size. You know, they like to use guys with massive size and girls with big breasts and stuff like that. And it leaves, like, a bad interpretation of, of real society, you know what I mean? It's it's like they leave the real guy out and show somebody who's, like, real huge and some girl who's, I don't know, double D breast or something like that. Yeah, that can certainly be a downside. There are certainly guys who come by the Measurection site who do not have small dicks who think they do because they're comparing themselves to the humongous guys who appear in some porn. Right. Right. We need more representation of, like, average and smaller endowed men in porn and and I think if everybody had that from the get-go, it really wouldn't be a problem, you know. But everybody wants to use the larger male and a big-breasted female, and that's what's giving all these girls and guys complexes. I wonder if they do that because they think that makes for a better turn-on for people who are watching it, or if they do that because it makes it easier to photograph. Easier to photograph? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, visually appealing? or? Well, no, because, you I mean, there's got to be room to get the camera in to get those close-ups, so... You, you, oh, yeah, yeah, true. I don't know. <laughs> Alan, he's always thinking. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> he's always engineering something. <laughs> well, I know one thing. It, the uh, porn industry is certainly a recession-proof industry. Yeah. Yeah, two things always survive, porn and alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're all perverts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, our, that's our topic for today. Um, before we go, I wanted to give a reminder about the 2006 Measurection Regional Southeastern Gathering in Orlando, Florida. Uh, that's February 17th, 18th, 19th, and 20th. Uh, Friday night, we'll have a poolside cocktail party and dinner. Saturday, we'll be taking a tour of Disney MGM Studios, led by myself, our resident Mouseketeer. Sunday, we'll be doing our podcast live from Orlando. And Monday, I'll be leading a tour to Disney's Magic Kingdom. And I guess we should um, ask, since we've got Bronx here, Bronx has put together a gathering in, I think it's June 3rd. Is that correct? Yeah, Saturday, June 3rd. We're going to Great Adventure. Everybody should come. Well, you know what? I have a question. Yeah. What if we sent, as a representative of Measurection, what if we sent Sean... No way. ...to Six Flags? Oh, that would be so awesome. Oh, my God. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> Sean's coming to Jersey? For real. We were looking at some logistics of it, and Sean's available to go, and... <laughs> 
the king of small media, the founder of Measure Action, will be attending the Six Flags gathering in New York. Oh, that is so awesome. I'm going to have to roll out the red carpet for Sean for this Well, one. you know, I just I just found out about this. I'm very excited about it. You know, everything has to go through the... Through the uh, through the corporation, you know, <laughs> and I'm the last to know. They don't let me touch the money. They caught you by surprise. <laughs> had to get approval from the board of directors. Yeah, Alan and I had a directors meeting at um, uh, Roadhouse Grill the other night, <laughs> and we voted to send Sean to New Jersey. Really? On my way from Virginia back to uh, Georgia, I stopped off in Charlotte to have dinner with uh, with Josh. So I get to go up to New Jersey. Yes. New York. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'll have to get my pink toque all dry cleaned. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, this is exciting. Are you going to wear your toque? That'll be hot, won't it? Yeah, It'll be- yeah, don't, yeah. You might need a pink t-shirt maybe with the MR host. <laughs> yeah, we'll get you a pink MR host t-shirt. <laughs> we need the one with the Dorothy yeah. slippers. No, no, no. You know, we get him one of those t-shirts and we cut off the sleeves. <laughs> You don't want to see that. <laughs> the gayest looking t-shirt. You could tie it in and not dress me up like uh, Ellie Mae Clampett. <laughs> <laughs> Leotard. Nah. Get you some Daisy Dukes. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Hideous. No. That would be hideous. <laughs> well, that's going to be fun. I'm excited. Me too. Well, that's all the time we have tonight. We hope you have enjoyed it as much as we did. To participate in Measurection Radio, call our Dick phone, toll-free in the U.S. and Canada, 1-877-922-DICK. That's 1-877-922-3425. Send us an email with your comments and feedback. We love getting email. We'll even read it on the show, radio at measurection.com. Check out our Canadian accent on radiogay.ca. Tuesday evenings, you can check their program schedule for showtime. That's West Coast time, Pacific. And uh, you can find us on the web at www.measurection.com slash radio. That's M-E-A-S-U-R-E-C-T-I-O-N dot com slash radio. Oh, and vote for us on Podcast Alley. Help spread the word. Make us number one. www.podcastalley.com Thank you, listeners and visitors. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you for filling in. It's been great having you. Yes, it has. <laughs> this was a treat. Thanks, Broxy. Hey, guys, this is E-Boy. I just thought I'd call in. I don't know. See what's up. I just want to let you know. I do love your show and wanted to give a shout-out to you. A happy eight. I love you, bro. And my thoughts are with you. And uh, you guys put up some stuff on your next topic so we can make comments about it and stuff. Um, but anyway, uh, later. Later.